And now, when John in prison heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk. The leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. And as these were going away, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I say to you, the one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face. You who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The word of the Lord. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, for the first two weeks of Advent, Debbie and I have um, taken this opportunity, this preaching opportunity, to um, rant and rave. And we've been ranting and raving these first, the first two weeks of Advent. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, I'd kind of had a rant planned for tonight. Um, I know it's just, I, I was a little hesitant in preparing it. Um, because I kind of, in thinking this week, came to realize that in not every church is Advent seem, seen as the season in which you rave about all that is wrong with our shallow culture and the somewhat maybe dubious promises of complete worldwide peace that the scriptures give us. All churches don't do that at Advent. Um, which I thought, well, maybe we should go more towards that kind of positive thing. But then I read the text, and the rant just came on. Um, so, well, I'm going to try not to rant. I'll just maybe talk a little bit, maybe in more measured terms. But it's just John the Baptist that brought it out in me. Because, you know, so for half of the weeks of Advent... And like half the time following Advent during the Christmas season, half of the texts are about John the Baptist every single year. We have to preach so many sermons about John the Baptist. And um, I don't know, sometimes I think we feel, have ambiguous feelings about him. So anyway, I'll begin and I'll try not to. John the Baptist is the Antichrist. Well, I mean, I didn't yell it, which I had planned to. Um, no, he's not. The, well, the Antichrist, and I mean that in the, in the true sense of the word. He is the, like the bizarro Jesus, you know? He's like the opposite of what Jesus is like. Um, yeah, John the Baptist is out there, and he is 
paving the way. He's, he is proclaiming himself hoarse about the one that is coming after him, the one who is coming in power, the one who is coming while John baptizes with water. Hey, if I start getting ranty, maybe you can just like kind of wave me down a little bit, a little hand signal, something. Um, he says that I baptize with water, but one is coming after me that will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So he's looking for this man of power to come after him. And uh, his first encounter with Jesus, John is like a little disappointed, I think. I mean, he's just like he's a little maybe baffled or confused. He's waiting for the power, and this Messiah comes to him and wants to be baptized by him. This is the Messiah who's coming to him to be baptized for the repentance of the forgiveness of sins. Like, that does not make sense. And John's like, you can tell, he's sort of like maybe talking out of the side of his mouth to Jesus, like, uh, get out of the water, man. This is not what I told people it was going to be like. Just get out of the water. And where's the fire? I thought you were going to bring fire. You know, you know, you're not supposed to be. I can't baptize you. So he baptizes Jesus, and then Jesus just leaves. And John's probably like, what the? Like, I always wondered, why didn't John become one of Jesus' disciples? Doesn't he seem like he would be, like, the number one disciple? Like, that he is, like, the perfect candidate there? But Jesus, you know, just goes, and John doesn't go with him. And I always used to put that on John. Like, maybe John wanted to keep his gig going, you know? Keep his own disciples, keep his own thing going. He had the whole wilderness part covered, and, you know... He didn't want to just be a follower or whatever. I don't know. I thought it was on him. But when I read the text, I realize he was never invited. Jesus didn't invite him to become a disciple. He just went in there for a quick little baptism. Didn't really even talk to John that much. I mean, don't you think John would have like a lot of stuff that he would want to go over with Jesus? I would think. But Jesus goes. He's taken away by the Spirit, and he does not take John with him. So when we come to this text tonight, it's not like this story, like, okay, John is in prison. He's been imprisoned uh, because he was speaking out against Herod. And, I mean, I kind of wonder if he took on Herod because Jesus didn't. Like, he thought this powerful revolutionary was going to come. And together, he was going to join up John and Jesus and get these other people, and they were going to just, they were going to, overthrow this cultural, Roman, powerful, occupying machine. But Jesus doesn't do anything like that. The first thing he does after he gets baptized, he just goes into the desert for like 40 days. Doesn't talk to anyone, except maybe the devil. But, but still. So don't you think, John probably thought, okay, well, the first logical thing to do, we need to do is take on the powers. We need to take on Herod first. And Jesus doesn't do it, so John does it. Well, he gets arrested. He's going to get his head cut off. He's in prison. And he sends his disciples to go ask Jesus, you know, are you the one? And, I mean, in the past, I've read this text like, John's super excited. Oh, it's, it's, it's the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for. So just have my disciples go there and say, like, so you're the guy, right? But I didn't read it that way this time. I think John has serious doubts that this Jesus is the Messiah 
that he was looking for. He's not acting at all like he thought. He didn't come down with the bam, with the, with the fire. Uh, he didn't come down with this, wasn't this powerful revolutionary. He came and submitted himself to John. It's not what John was looking for. And he doesn't go out, and he's not like riling people up. He's not rallying people to take on the powers that be. He's going around, and he's, he's healing people and teaching. When did teaching ever change anything? I mean, come on. He's just very quietly going around. So I think he really is like, he's going to get killed for this guy. He's going to die because of this guy. And he just wants to know, is this, are you even the right one? So he sends his disciples. And they go and they say, you know, are you the one? And Jesus says, well, just tell him what you see. The lame walk, the blind see, the poor are made whole, the lepers are cleansed, and uh, blessed is anyone who is not offended by me. I don't think this is what John's disciples wanted to hear. He wanted to hear that, uh, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, we're meeting up, we've got all these people together, and we're going to go, and we're going to storm the castle, and maybe we're even going to free that, we're going to free you from Herod's jail, or, and then we're going to just ride on. But no, he says, yeah, I'm making sick people better. And then at the end when he says, uh, and blessed is the one who doesn't take offense at me. Is this like, is that kind of directly to John? Telling John not to be offended by what he does or what he doesn't do. So I can imagine these disciples, they come back to the jail and John says to him, so, you know, was he the guy? And they're like, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's the guy. So John gets his head cut off. Sort of a drag if he banked on the wrong Messiah. But clearly, John is waiting for the wrong kind of Messiah, right? Clearly, Jesus is this Messiah who comes, but it's not the Messiah that John wants. John is looking for a different kind of Messiah. And um, I can understand that. I mean, I think not only have we individually and collectively waited for the wrong kind of Messiah, embraced a different kind of Messiah. The whole Christian church from the very beginning has taken this wrong kind of Messiah, this one that, that is powerful, this one that can um, be the anchor of the Roman Empire, uh, which it you know, quickly does. It's the Messiah that the church has uh, put up on the altar. I wonder what happened to the guy in the story. So, I don't know, uh, happy Advent. You know, there's another thing I, you could see in this text here that maybe Jesus just isn't just sending this message back to John saying, you were wrong. I'm not the one you're looking for. Maybe he's doing something else. When he says that the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, he's quoting from the Isaiah passage, which was read earlier. It's part of the Advent ritual. 
He's quoting from this passage, and this passage goes on to talk about how the wilderness will be transformed, that the wilderness will bloom, that rivers will run through the wilderness, and there will be animals and prancing and dancing and flowers and blossoms, and the the whole wilderness will be transformed, and there will be a road, a wide road that comes through the wilderness that God will make, that all will walk on. It will be a holy way, and uh, it will be so wide that even a fool could not go astray. This is the chapter that he's referencing. So maybe what he's saying to John, whether John was waiting for the right Messiah or not, John was waiting for something. And Jesus is sending back his disciples as preachers to him bringing with them the scriptures and the good news that are in the scriptures. In Isaiah, saying, whatever it is you were waiting for, this is what is coming. This wide road through the wilderness that all will walk on, that there will be fullness and grace and peace and love. You have not waited in vain. 